Hi there, this is Chris Walter, pastor at Oakdale Church, and this is our weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you to grow in your faith and helps you to see God in your life. Enjoy the message. And so today we begin Lent with a reading from the Gospel of Mark in the first chapter. We pick up in verse 9 through verse 15. Hear these words. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens tore apart and the Spirit descend like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Well, today is the first day of the first Sunday in Lent. It began a few days ago in a snowstorm here in Northwest Ohio on Ash Wednesday. But in truth, today is that first of six Sundays before the seventh Sunday in which we gather to celebrate the risen Christ. It's the day which we celebrate an empty tomb. But before then, we must journey for 40 days in the desert, to that cross, and then to the tomb three days later. This season of Lent is a time in which we can find the message of the gospel. Very clearly be reminded that we are all beloved children of God. The season of Lent, of course, is about two things. One is about the self-denial, giving up of something that we love if you want to look at it that way. In truth, it's denying ourselves something, a pleasurable thing, like, for example, it might be meat, it might be watching your favorite TV show, or maybe TV in general. Maybe, maybe for some of you, it's giving up chocolate for a season. Now, I know for me, as I think about self-denial, I, I, for a while, thought I would give up something like chocolate. And then I thought to myself, well, that's just really hard to do. So maybe I'll keep the chocolate and give up pretzels. If my wife was here, she would tell you that's probably a good thing for my belly if I give up pretzels. Hopefully she doesn't hear this sermon. But in truth, isn't that a little bit of what we typically think of Lent is? Is what do we give up for this season of 40 days and six Sundays in which we celebrate and get ready for that beautiful Sunday morning which we celebrate Christ is risen? But it's also about something more important. It's about looking inside of ourselves. It's about spending time in truth wandering this land, this desert space, Preparing our hearts for that Easter morning. Lent, as it was initially set up by early Christians, was not about necessarily self-denial, but about looking inside. 
truly preparing our hearts for this precious and amazing gift we will receive that Easter morning, that Jesus is alive, that we will walk to the tomb with Mary and we will peer inside, not out of fear, but out of joy. Yet before we can do that, we must ready ourselves. We must prepare our hearts so that when we look inside that tomb, we smile. We may even cry because we see what God has given to us. We see that amazing gift, not of emptiness, but of fullness. Yet before we get there, we must journey along a route. We must get our hearts ready. Lent is about preparing ourselves. But before we get there, we must understand one thing. That this season of Lent is about knowing that you are beloved. You are his precious child, whom he loves so, so dearly. That's why his son goes to the cross. That's why his son will suffer, be in agony, pain, eventually dying on that cross. All so that you know that you are God's beloved son, beloved daughter, who he holds in his hands. And he smiles and says, this is my precious son. This is my precious daughter. And I'm going to give to them the perfect gift. Now, the word beloved, as it's translated both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, basically means a couple things. The first very important thing to understand is it means to breathe into, to long for. To know that you are beloved is that we long for something. God longs for you because you are his beloved child. And he knows just as we know, that at some points we wander a little bit off. We kind of stray away, if you will. But he longs for us, he breathes life to say, come and know my love. Know that you are loved. It also means, especially in the New Testament, this is what I prefer I prefer you, God says, because you are my beloved son and daughter. You are the most important to me. And my love, you, my family. And it's throughout scripture, whether it's Colossians or Thessalonians or Romans, it's all written all over the place, this love, this belovedness. And because of that, we can wonder with joy this great gift. As we turn to the scriptures, we see that God's love for his son is so great. We open up at the very beginning of this and it opens up and it says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee. You see, Galilee was the place where nothing good came out of. It was, in a sense, the other side of the tracks. It was that place in the community of Israel where well, there's nothing ever really good that comes out of Galilee. I'm sure you might relate to that. You probably even know a place like that. Maybe you've even heard those words uttered 
even to you at some level, well, nothing good comes out of, and you can fill the blank in. But this is where Jesus comes from. He doesn't come from Jerusalem, the center of God. He comes from Galilee. And in turn, he doesn't even go to Jerusalem to begin with. He goes to a river. He goes to the shore. He goes to where a man named John, a man named John, is baptizing. John, as we read in other parts of the gospel, is a man who, well, let's face it, as all description goes, we probably ourselves may not go to. He probably is dirty, he probably smells, he probably looks weird, he's probably a little ragged around the edges, and we probably are, that's the last place I'll go. Jesus comes from a place where nothing good comes out of to a person where folks would say, that man's probably not that good. Something's a little off about him. But there John stands in the waters. And Jesus comes and is baptized. And as he comes out of the water in verse 10, as he breaks the plane of that cleanliness, the heavens are torn apart. The scripture says, The heavens are open. God's presence is opened in that very moment. Just like when Jesus dies and the curtain is torn open, the heavens open. Imagine yourself there on the shore watching Jesus. Watching the water flow over his face and down as he rises up. And there the heavens open. And a voice of God, the Spirit of God, descends upon him. And it says with a clear voice, You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. Imagine being there on that shoreline watching Jesus, the Son of God, come out of that. We know the story. But imagine you don't know the whole story. Here God's voice speaks. This is my beloved. Now, the good news is we've all experienced something like this. When we ourselves were baptized as children or as adults or or even if we're present in a moment of baptism, this exact scene opens up. The heavens open an angel speaks. It floats down upon the child. And that voice of God resonates. This is my beloved. And the angels are singing with joy. This is my beloved. In a sense, we are transported to that riverbank, to the Jordan. Maybe even for some of us, we've actually physically experienced that in our lifetime. But for all of us, we've been there. We've been transported by God's spirit to that moment. You are his son. You are his daughter. And you are his beloved. It's in that word, beloved, that we celebrate. But we have to ask ourselves, what does that just mean? I mean, it means something, but yet what does it mean even deeper? It means God loves you. And God is pleased with who you are. 
immediately following this, Jesus is sent into the wilderness. The wilderness translated as a desert, as an empty place, but also, more importantly, it's translated in other parts of Scripture as a place of holiness. You see, in that moment when God says, you are his beloved, you are, in a sense, sent into the wilderness. But not alone. Jesus wasn't alone. He did go out by himself. But yet there, as he was tempted by evil, by Satan, there the angels were him with him. God was present there in that space. You walk with God into the brokenness into the emptiness. Why? Because there we may prepare our hearts. And look around, friends. You are surrounded by a body of Christ that goes with you into that wilderness, into that space of emptiness, to a place where you may grow. Well, let me rephrase that. You will grow closer to Christ. It's a question of how. It's a question of when. But I believe all of us can grow closer to Christ. Because the angels are with you. The body of Christ is with you. And the Spirit of God is there. It's in that holy place. You are my beloved, that voice says. What a beautiful thing to hear, isn't it? But it's also, there's a sense that we can look at this with great wonder. And know, not just that we are beloved, but that because of our belovedness, we are called to go out. To go into that place of wilderness and not stay. To not stay there. It's like for Jesus, the 40 days are like our Lent, isn't it? But what if instead of giving up something, you gain something? You gain something in your heart this season. Maybe instead of focusing on what do I deny myself, what will I gain for myself? Maybe in this season of Lent, as God calls you, to represent your belovedness in the world. Maybe for this season, you'll spend more time in prayer, more time in study, maybe even more time in service, or maybe even as you worship, you'll worship with more passion, with more joy, even as tears might run down your face in pain or in sorrow. But God, in this moment, as he sends Jesus out, from a place where nothing good comes from to a river where there's a man baptizing to then a place where the heavens have opened. Will you live your life in that way? Now, I know for some of us, we might say, well, my faith, Pastor, is good. I read my Bible daily. I pray before supper or when I wake or when I sleep or maybe I pray all the time. And pastor, don't you worry when I come and hear your sermons while I worship with great joy. Thank you, by the way. But in all seriousness, maybe that is you. But yet I would say, 
that even if we are finding ourselves that I pray well, I study well, I even serve God very well, there is always space for growth. There's always an opportunity to grow closer to Christ every day. Why? Because we are broken people. We are sinful people. None of us in this space are perfect just yet. There are a few of us that we might argue are closer than others. Lucille, you're probably the closest. Oh, wait, that's right. I forgot this morning. I was told that's the ornery corner of the church. But the truth is we all can go closer to Christ. And we know this to be true because as it goes on, as John is arrested, Jesus goes back to that place where nothing good comes out of it. Why? To proclaim the good news. The good news that's saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. It is present today, he says. And because of that, we must repent and believe in the good news. To share that with the world. To live as representatives of God's belovedness. To live with a wonder in our hearts that even if we think we're perfect, even if we think we're not capable, God says, live because the world needs you. The world needs to see you. And every once in a while, the world will hear from me through you. There's a story I read not too long ago, and I had to look it up again because I remembered some of the details, but not all of them. But it reminded me of this amazing love that if we live our lives as beloved people, if we live our lives with the wonder that God is in us and through us, even despite of us, that things will transpire to change lives. This story is an old story. I'm going to presume it's, it's accurate in its writing, but I want to share it with you this morning because it goes like this. It says, during the Puritan time, Oliver Cromwell was reigned as a Lord Protector of England. And there was a young soldier that was sentenced to die one day. And the girl whom he was engaged with pleaded with Cromwell, spare his life, she pleaded, for he's my beloved He's the one that God gave to me. Please spare his life. But it was no avail. The young man was set to be executed when the curfew bell would sound at the end of the day. Yet something happened. When the sexton went to pull on the rope that the bell was attached to, there was no sound that day. He pulled and he pulled, but to no avail, the bell never rang. You see, the girl had climbed into the belfry where the bell was and wrapped herself around the clapper that would bing on the bell. And as the bell rope was pulled, her body was smashed against the bell. No sound ever was made. Eventually, he gave up pulling on the rope. She climbed down, bruised, bleeding, To those who were waiting at the bottom, waiting for the execution to take place. She crawled over to where Cromwell was and she said, will you spare him now? She shared what she had done. It was clearly written all over her face and body. And Cromwell commuted the sentence. 
A poem was written very shortly thereafter, and this is the poem. At his feet she told her story. She showed her hands all bruised and torn, her young sweet face still haggard with anguish it had worn, touched his heart with sudden pity, lit his eyes with a misty light. Go, your lover lives, said Cromwell. Curfew will not ring tonight. Where love reigns, friends, God is present. Where the love of Christ in you for the world exists, the world feels hope again. But friends, we must, as we leave this place today, find a way to grow in that love. To not just self-deny ourselves something, but if we do deny ourselves something, to grow in faith. Maybe you do read scripture, but what about sharing that word with someone else, inviting them for coffee and say, I want to share my devotion with you today. Maybe it's even simpler than that. Maybe it's when you're out in the community. You encounter someone working at a grocery store or a restaurant or even the gas station and you say to them, I hope today is a good day for you. I hope it's a blessed day for you. Maybe they will find hope in your words. Maybe you'll speak hope into someone's life who hasn't had hope for a while. Maybe that is your calling at this time. Maybe that for you is the season of Lent. My hope and prayer for all of us is that. Is that when we leave this earthly world, when we enter into our eternal home, God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. For the world knows of me more now than when you took your first breath. Thank you. I know it won't be easy, but may you never forget the wondrous news that you are beloved. You are his child. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. I pray that this message impacted your spirit, opened your heart, and challenges you to see Jesus in your life in a new and exciting way. May this week ahead be a blessed week for you. And should you encounter struggles, challenges, or even moments of doubt, Know that we are praying for you. And should you need someone to reach out to, don't hesitate to reach out to us. For we are here for you as our neighbors. And so have a blessed week. May you see the Spirit of God. May you see Jesus in your life. God bless.